Blessings, family. It's been a minute since we've been in your ears. To be honest, 2022 was a crazy year that derailed plans that we had in place for TGT. More details on that soon for those in the audience who aren't so much in the know. But we are back in the kitchen and making some changes to the menu and are excited for what we have coming up this year. In the meantime, enjoy this bonus episode recorded in early June of last year as an appetizer for what we have coming up. Cheers. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are now tuned into the Grown Table Podcast, an Octavian Collective production. This is a show where I, Jerome, and my co-host, Darnell, sit down and try to digest some current events and hot-button topics in our culture and society. We hope that you enjoy your taste of what we'll be serving. Hope you brought your appetites. Welcome to our table. Welcome back to The Grown Table. It's been a couple months, okay? I'm giving you an apology. We've been extremely busy with personal things, work, etc., etc. But do not be negative. The important thing is we are here now. Okay, the first thing we are going to talk about that's been all over the news and Google and Internet is inflation. Everyone's favorite word. For right. 2022. Yeah, right? Yeah, for 2022. <laughs> so sometimes when you get to the table, what do you do? You complain. <laughs> sometimes you have to complain about your day. And one of the things that I've been complaining about is um, the cost of things are up. Oh, they're up. They're up. Um, as a result, there's a lot of OT that needs to be worked <laughs> to make up for it. A um, lot. A lot. What is, do you know what, like, the official of inflation rate is that they're estimating right now? Is it, like, eight point something or what? I don't know this. So, but, just for everyone to know, the, we are not doing deep dives and all the extra <laughs> statistics and everything in this episode. <laughs> We're actually making everything up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think it's it's probably last time I checked, but this was like weeks ago. Like we haven't been doing research on politics, as you guys already know. I've been mainly talking like researching UFC stuff and all that. But um, I think last time I checked, it was like eight point something. But that number, to be honest, means nothing to me because if you look at the price of rent, it's gone up way more than eight percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, cars, gas, everything seems like it's gone up more than eight percent but that's apparently what they have it like officially yet or whatever so i don't know how you feel about that i mean i i I think my biggest issue has been like the discourse around it around inflation Mm -hmm. because inflation has been used as a scapegoat for a lot of things oh well the cost of this that and another thing is up so we we had to jack up bar rates on this that and and everything else Mm mm-hmm you don't hear the same thing about wages. <laughs> that conversation never happens, huh? <laughs> it, it, right. It, it, 
so so that is where I I have the biggest issue is that yes, we understand that due to supply chain issues mm-hmm. and just bad blunders, mm-hmm. kind of like the Abbott um, baby food shortage, yeah, which is a which is something that we 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 have to touch on. Okay. Um, but things like that, mm-hmm. uh, um, like we understand that that our supply chain is has been brought to its knees. Yeah. A big part of it is because of greed. Yeah. Yeah. A big part of it is because of greed. Not not willing to to hire and pay employees or or keep employees employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um make sure that they're happy in their position that they're in, especially coming off of 2 years of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I mean technically speaking, we're still in that yeah. And in these times, I mean, all it takes is for one bad variant to come back into the United States and we'll be our 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 oh, healthcare God. system will be right back <laughs> on its knees. Yeah, well they say the, the 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 phrase um don't let a good crisis go to waste. I definitely think uh the corporations are uh maybe taking advantage of that a little bit. Hmm. The 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 thing about it is um corporations and you could probably talk more about this than me you're probably way more knowledgeable corporations have been making profit in this um period of uh, inflation or during this whole covid period over the last two years so the thing about it is if there was a supply chain problem and they had to raise their prices then their profit should stay about you know like the same maybe it should increase by like one percent or two percent or whatever but there's some corporations companies that have been increased their profit by like 25 percent since the the covid crisis so that's where it starts to look like a little sketchy you get what i'm saying so <laughs> no and, and you're absolutely right unfortunately it has been reported time and time and time again that this corporation, that corporation, this industry has has been able to make record numbers of profits. Meanwhile, those at the bottom, their employees, mm-hmm. have not been able to benefit off of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna what do you think um about I don't know I don't know how much you've been following politics, but when I think of inflation, I'm thinking uh gas. Uh, give me your opinion on that. Like, I don't think it's ever going to go under like $4 again. I think the prices are relatively here to stay, if not get worse. Um, I know each state has its own little tax on gas. Um, so just speak about that for a little bit. These gas prices, I don't think are sustainable with, you know, the lower classes wages right about now. It's damn near almost $5 a, a, a gallon in Florida. Just talk about that for a little bit. So, I believe that the gas prices will go back down. How much are you talking? A dollar. A mm. dollar, dollar and a half. A dollar and a half. That's, I mean, well, now that's, mm. that's, yeah. that's optimistic, but I, I think at least by a dollar it'll go back down. Okay. So, here, since we've been talking about inflation and mm-hmm. all these other issues that we've been having, let's just call it out immediately. Mm-hmm. We are heading toward a recession. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We are heading, and and it might be even a a depression. Mm -hmm. It's that bad. Yeah. 
It is that bad. Prices are climbing. Wages are not. Mm-hmm. And as a result, because wages aren't climbing, I believe that gas and, 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 and well, gas is going to go back down. I don't know about everything else. I don't know. I do not know about everything else because I believe these con- these corporations they don't plan on going backwards in terms of the the prices. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of that. Um, it it wasn't the it wasn't the Asian dude that I sent you the video, but there's like some um like finance guru on uh, YouTube, and I, I'll get back to his name later. He's not only a finance person, but he actually has a podcast. Um, and he was like. Obviously, he's a businessman, so he actually uploaded a video saying, like, oh, this is why, like, a recession is a good thing. I, he's thinking from, like, an opportunist mindset, like, an investor mindset or whatever. And it's like, I, I wanted to, like, respond and be like, bro, it's like the, a recession might be good for, like, 1% of America, the, the people that are smart enough to, like, that understand finances and, like, leverage or negative, you know, a bad moment and, and add an extra zero to their net worth. But for... 90% of the country, like, this is not a good thing. And I just don't, I didn't really didn't like it, the way he was framing it. I'm like, no, don't put out a video about, like, how this is a good thing if you're an opportunist. Put out a video about how for 80% of Americans, like, we're getting, not where, I'm actually doing pretty good, right? but they're going to get destroyed, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we were talking about that a little earlier, like, this whole concept of, like, self-help and all that. I don't know, I just didn't like it. Do, do you think... This is, I've been listening to videos and they're saying we're going to, the economy is going to recover in 2025. How, how quickly do you think the economy is going to recover if you had like an estimate of it? Cause you said we're heading probably towards a recession soon, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It So following the market crash in 2007, 2008 recession, right? Mm-hmm. I would say, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but it took us to about 2012, 2013, 2014, okay. when the country started to feel a little bit more relieved. Yeah. yeah, it felt more, it, it felt normal. People were buy, able to buy cars. Like, life really started to open up again. Okay, it's like and, five years. And I would say that if you even heard it in the music. Really? Like, our college days, like for some reason, the music was a lot happier. Really, hmm, interesting. a lot of pop that. sounds, a lot of like, there was a lot going on. Like we saw the rise, the the massive rise in festivals and stuff like that. Like there was money being spent. Mm-hmm. It was we saw the um, uh, um, urban streetwear, right? Mm-hmm. Bar for urban. But we saw streetwear become luxury designer products now. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, I just got a text from uh, Eddie. These gas prices got me grounded for now. I'm going to have to stand with <laughs> <laughs> Just when I asked him if he was going to come into town. That's pretty funny. We're talking about inflation. It, it, and, it, and it comes real time. That's why I'm not going to cut this out of, of the um, of the pod. I want people to understand. Like, <laughs> No, that's a real thing. I, I drove back to Orlando not too long ago. And yeah, you can, you can feel it. You can feel it. I know the news, like, exaggerates. Like, the news is just trying to be dramatic. Like, they always have, like, a person near the pump depressed. Like, oh, this is outrageous. How am I going to buy food for the night? my children tonight? No, but this is the real thing. 
thing. Like if you buy gas enough, like I work 30 miles away from where it, it starts to add up. It, it, it really does. Um, going back to, and you know, this isn't a politics day, so we're not going to get too much on this. We just wanted to, you know, talk and warm up a little bit, but going back to, um, inflation or not, we're talking about inflation, going back to the rate of inflation. Um, I'm, like I said, I I don't want to skip over this. I'm still a little genuinely confused. Uh, and maybe you could talk about like CPI or something like that because everything, there isn't a thing that has an actual inflation rate of 8%. Like rent, my friend's rent went from 1200 to 1800 over these last two years. That off the top is 50% increase. So let's say there was a law where we adjusted wages to um, the inflation rate that they're claiming, like 8 or 9%, uh, which that's, a, that's actually a huge pay increase. Like usually jobs only give you an extra quarter a year. Like, I mean, a quarter is in like 25 cents. For hour, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So Let's say there was a law, which this is never going to happen, but hypothetical. There's a law that your wage increases by 8 or 9% to match inflation. Do you even think that would be all that helpful considering when you look at the price of everything that's important, cars, houses, food is even gone up by more than 8%, like meat and seafood and all that. Do you really think that would actually do something or do we need to sort of put more pressure on these corporations to uh sort of st- if we're being honest if we're keeping it 100 percent, to just put pressure on these corporations to stop taking advantage of us during a time of crisis if that makes sense so here's the thing mm-hmm. that may that a lot of people don't understand is that the reason so coming out of the depression era the, the great depression Social safety nets, such as minimum wage, was actually put into place mm-hmm. specifically for that reason. To curtail the power of major corporations and to make sure that if they are setting certain prices for goods and services and commodities, they are providing at least a minimum wage that can allow people to afford them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's interesting because we talked about politics a little earlier um, before we started recording, and we, we, we don't, obviously, we're two completely different people. We don't 100% agree about everything in right. politics, but you made it clear to me, for, to a, you made it clear for me a way to see it that I now sort of agree with you on a lot of things that I sort of didn't agree with you before is that when you separate corporations from government, because a lot of people use them sort of like interchangeably, mm-hmm. rightfully so, when you separate the two, though, a lot of the problems, I don't want to say can be solved, because that's very naive of me to think that there's a, you know, a univariate solution to complex problems, but a lot of these things could be uh, improved by just putting more pressure on corporations to do things, uh, to do things that would benefit maybe overall society and less and give less power to the corporations. You could speak on that a little bit, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest, um, thing that I, I take when I consider politics, business, the way that things are being done Mm -hmm. is that 
I acknowledge that because of the the influence mm-hmm. of business and politics in America, if we don't take control of government and make sure that government is controlling corporations, because that's the only these corporations aren't going to control themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of economists believe in free market laissez-faire economies, mm-hmm. basically. There aren't many concessions that are made to um, a- adding regulation or or increasing enforcement of, of laws and regulation that are currently mm-hmm. in place. There's this an- there's a complete anti-government sentiment that has spread to people with people not understanding. You do know if you don't have a government that is able to curtail the 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 power and influence. Mm-hmm of corporations in people's lives Mm -hmm. that these corporations will strip them away from you. These businesses will strip them (laughs) away from you. You can only hope and pray and do the work to get into a corporation that is more, uh, uh, I'm going to say fair to people Mm -hmm. that treat people right. That don't artificially inflate their rates or who, uh, who focus so much more on profitability as opposed to, as opposed to in a, a more equitable means of compensating people. Yeah. Would you, so would you make the claim and um, I know we're getting very broad here. I actually like where this conversation is, is going a lot. Would you make the claim that, uh, and this is going to get deeper than here. So politicians treat corporations better than the common people, meaning like, it's commonplace for we know corporations, you know, right, cheat their taxes. I mean, I'm speaking about stuff that I'm not too knowledgeable about, but like Amazon, those big corporations, tax write offs, charities, and all that. And obviously, rich people do that too. But the average, the, the, the common layperson um, doesn't have all the same rights and powers. And I mean, you guys can go down uh, the, 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 rabbit hole with this stuff like there's corporations where people should be put in prison but they're not like mainly like military not military but like a defense um contractors and all that good stuff uh black hawk and all all those corporations that work with the government um but again that's what makes it confusing because once i say the word government i can't even have a conversation about corporations without tying in government with it so using it interchangeably but would you Mm -hmm. say would you say government treats corporations better than people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, by definition, a corporation is a group of people. It's organized. It's structured. There's capital behind it. These group of people are able to come together and, and to push forward an agenda or they can come together as a certain block. I disagree. I think corp- a corporation is an idea. I actually don't think a corporation is a group. Of I'm t- I'm telling you what the actual oh, okay. te- a technical yeah, defi- yeah, yeah, yeah. A, de- a, a technical definition of yeah. corporation is it's yeah. a group of people. Yeah. Who who work to push a a a specific agenda or oh, okay, okay, they okay, are okay. an organization. Yeah. Yeah. Indiv- individuals, me, you, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. We're just one. Yeah. One person, but if if it if we aren't coming together. Mm-hmm. As a coalition with money behind us, mm-hmm. 
Because that's what a corporation can do. Yeah. Oh. As opposed to a group of, I'm going to say a group of nobodies, right? Mm-hmm. Or a group of common folk, a group of, of, of citizens. Mm-hmm. If we aren't organized to the degree that a, an actual corporation is, mm-hmm. of course they're not going to take us serious. Isn't it the government's job to take people serious, though? Well, here's the thing. That's theoretical in terms yeah. of government as a whole. Mm-hmm. In American government, mm-hmm. speaking from a broad level, theoretically speaking, each person's individual interest is supposed to be taken into account. Yeah. That's kind of the standard that we have in the United States. It, not not in reality, but yeah, of course, of course. It's you know, in terms of the way that they speak rhetorically yeah. in 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 government and, yeah. and and on TV and you know whatever, is that everybody's opinion is supposed to matter. Mm-hmm. We live in this type of society, yeah, where freedom of speech allows you to say X, Y, and Z, and we go we go from there, right? Yeah. Well, we know in actuality it doesn't play out that way. So while government, yes, is is indeed supposed to value each each and every one of our opinions, number one, it's not realistic. It's impossible to do that, to take every single one's interest into consideration and then make the decision that makes everybody happy. There, there, are, thing, there are many things that, that we all can't come to consensus on. There are some people who have a different definition of what murdering is. Yeah, and I'll interrupt you and say, like, in terms of my political views, I'm not so utopian where I feel like policies need to be made around everyone being a winner, or I'm not so utopian where I feel like everyone's opinion needs to be equal and valued, even though that is, I guess, the democratic ideology. My, I know it sounds very democratic, small d. Here is actually my whole thing. If you are going to blatantly not care about like a lower like 30, 35% whatever of Americans and you are going to, if you don't care about their opinions, just be nice enough to give them a safety net. Be like, look, it, we don't care. Like, be honest. We don't mm-hmm. say we don't care about you guys. You guys mean nothing to us, but we are human or humane enough to just make sure you guys don't go insane enough to kill yourself. Like just give up, like give or them kill so, us, or, or, or kill. That's very important too. That it, it, to kill us, yes, yes. So, um, and I know it sounds like a very dark way of thinking that I have, but that's all. Like I really, you know, I sort of ask for government and even corporations, which I'm not using them interchangeably. But corporations do help government make law, force government to make certain laws. That's really all. I care for and tying it back to the original concept of inflation. I think one thing that's just become a, very apparent during these last two years of the pandemic is where is that care? Where is that like? And I know people be oh well the stimulus checks, but it's like come on. That was a one time so, check. So yeah. So I mean, hey, we'll wrap it up. But what's your opinion on that? We we didn't mean to get too deep, or we're not going to get too deep into politics today. But uh, what, what's your opinion on that? If you want to say last words. I mean, my overarching thing is that people need to be able to, under, they have to understand that the a lot of these price increases are artificial. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're man-made. They, 
you had someone tell you were um, at the establishment that you went to go get um, oh, yeah. coffee from. You don't have to say the business. <laughs> but you asked from a po- from a popular chain. Yeah. Wow. The prices have gone up on this one specific drink. And you you laughed it off and said, it, you know, oh, it's inflation or something like that. Yeah, like you yeah. asked about that. And what did they and what did they tell you? <laughs> no, we just raised the price every quarter. Every quarter. They were honest with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. She didn't even try and sweet talk you or anything like that. I was like, $6? I was like, inflation, huh? She's like, nah, we just raised the price every quarter. <laughs> She's willing to admit that. Yeah. But now, how corporations aren't willing to admit that that's, what, that's just what they do because they're trying to increase their bottom line. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. We're we're in a weird spot. Do you do you think there's gonna be any type of like uh not like revolution, but you, I think the people are just gonna sit back and take it. You know? Kinda, yeah, yeah, they're like, gonna take it. We yeah. we live in an apathetic society. Yeah, yeah. People don't pay attention to to, to <laughs> these things and and when they do, they go with the simple blame the president. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of that's course. The, that's what they do. And it's like, do you people not understand that the president does not have as much power and influence over certain things that than you think they do? They're a fig. They're a figurehead to a whole host, yeah, of ideologies and influence from people who have more money than you, yeah. yeah. And not only that, people who are more invested in terms of their time, their attention, and their money than the average person in the United States is. We are too apathetic for us to actually do the things or get the right people in place. To change these things, so yeah, we're just gonna take it and we're just gonna we're gonna vote every four years. Yeah. Oh, one one more thing I will say. I know I keep you know backing it up. I say, oh, we're gonna wrap it up and all that. Um, I want you to speak a little about this if you know anything about this. Again, we haven't been doing research. They're pulling money from the economy at this point, and that's supposed to help inflation. So the Federal Reserve they say is going to be pulling money from the economy and they do that by what low increasing the tax rate or lowering the tax rate. I, no, I, in, increasing the interest rate, increasing, sorry, the so, interest rate. Now yeah. you got to understand it's not them pulling money away from it. They're slowing down the rate of, of money being loaned out to banks. Yeah. Okay. okay or banks yeah. to now take and loan out to businesses yes, and, biz- okay. and, and individuals. Okay. That's a, I remember that's how it was explained to me. Um, Apparently, that works. It's a process called quantitative easing. But the problem with that is in order for it to effectively work, it will take years. Yep. <laughs> and that's why the recovery, I can't possibly, I, I'm not an economist. I, I won't mm-hmm. even try to yeah. predict on how long that recovery will take. But it, at least I, re, I recall within our own experience, in our, own, in our lifetime, mm-hmm going through the last recession that it took it took about five six years for for things to really started started to feel normal and here's the thing they weren't normal so many things had gotten clawed away from us Mm -hmm. our generation specifically from the previous generation that things that were supposed to be there were no longer there for us and while, yes, people were able to get back to a certain level of profitability, guess who did that, that benefited? It benefited the, the, the wealthy. 
It didn't benefit us. <laughs> and here's the, here's the sickest part about it. Just to touch on what happened uh, um, in the recovery mm-hmm. um, from the last recession, education got hit first. I didn't know that, but I believe it. Trust we me, lost I, I scholarship and grant <laughs> opportunities because of the uh, the the cuts that were done to education in order for us to move to get out of the last recession. Yeah, all very dark things. Which, um, <laughs> which kind of comes back around with the whole Joe Biden um, loan forgiveness thing. Oh, yeah. The previous generation owes us some of that money back. <laughs> because we that's money that we didn't get to assist us mm-hmm. in going to college. I never looked at it like that. That's actually a good point. E- yeah, even though I'll never seriously use that argument because I, for many different reasons but that's interesting you were the first person that ever brought that up to me that but yeah (laughs) all right so i'm actually excited to explain this to you because you're probably the only person in this country that has not been following this trial or whatever you want to call it uh the amber heard the johnny depp defamation lawsuit okay so you know about law the first thing is it's a little extremely hard to actually prove defamation because i believe you have to prove one that the person was intentionally doing it with and like intentionally slandering your name and then you have to also prove if i'm not mistaken it actually costed you something it can't just be like oh like my friends don't like me anymore it has to Actually, you have to show, like, no, this person affected my life in a negative way. This is affecting my finances. Mm-hmm. So it's very... That's the main point, though. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that this person hurt my yes. wallet. Yes. Yeah, your, your form of well-being. So generally, stuff like this doesn't even ever go to court because, you know, they, they probably call a lawyer and the lawyer is probably just like, no, bro, this isn't going to work. Like, you're going to lose this. It's not... There's no point. But Johnny Depp was fortunate enough to actually win this lawsuit. So pretty much uh, he sued her for $50 million for defamation over some article she wrote or posted in 2018 about her being a a surviving domestic abuse, sexual abuse. And she didn't put Johnny's Depp name in the actual article, but you can just infer. And she admits in the middle of the trial after lying multiple times, she's like, yeah, this is about Johnny Depp. She stumbled a lot of times in the, in the trials, which is why she lost. Now, she countersued for $100 million, which I don't know where they got that number from. I <laughs> just throw out numbers like a Powerball. But um, <laughs> I don't know where they got that number from. But um, fortunately, you know, um, he, he won. So before I go on a very long rant and tangent, I want to ask you, is there anything specifically – you want me to talk about with the trial or else I'm just going to rant for because this, this made me so excited, this whole entire trial. Break it down for me piece by piece. <laughs> I will interject mm-hmm. as, 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 as I may feel necessary. Okay, so I'll try and be as unbiased and uh, professional about this. I very much do think, let me attack Amber Heard <laughs> firstly. <laughs> this whole thing started because of her greed. You have a woman that, and no relationship is perfect, obviously, and I would imagine a relationship where it ends in a divorce is definitely not perfect. That's the whole, hence the reason to divorce. But 
you know, Johnny Depp is an alcoholic and whatever, a druggie. And you guys end the marriage and you end up getting a $7 million settlement. Now, $7 million is a lot of money. Now, granted, she said she would donate it or whatever. That's a, that's a moot and null point. The point is she was relatively well off at the time that the relationship ended. She was relatively well off. Now, you could argue psychologically damaged and blah, blah, who doesn't have some trauma, but she was well off. My biggest problem with Amber Heard was that that well offness wasn't enough for her. She had to go and leverage her relationship, her ex-relationship with Johnny Depp, turn herself into a victim in order to get attention and all this, as if the $7 million isn't good enough. And just to yes. make sure that I'm following, yes. she is an actress. She has her own yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. She's made her own She's money. not a good one. <laughs> but yeah, she when she was younger, she starred in some movie called Never Back Down, which is about like mixed martial arts fighting. Um, that was like in 2005 and she's well known for like Aquaman, but she, which I watched the other day, not a good actor, but she, she's, she's, she's an actress. Her net worth is like a couple millions of dollars. So she isn't like a Beyonce money or Mariah Carey money, but she's, she's a well-off girl. And to be fair, she's, you know, a, a decent looking, she used to look good, but she fell off. Anyway, you know, that was my biggest problem with the whole thing is that she sort of went too far with it. She tried to get everything she could out of the situation when she should have just, you know, ended it there. She tried to be a spokeswoman, a spokesperson for women that have been domestically and sexually abused. And the ironic thing about the situation was she was actually a domestic abuser as well. I want to say as well because... But but go so going back to the the background of it sort of is um this had been going on for years that uh this whole defamation thing and Johnny Johnny Depp brought out a case against the newspaper in like the UK and he actually lost he actually lost in the UK when he went against the newspaper and then he was like okay look I'm not taking that. So then he opens up a new case in America to sue Amber Heard. And that's an important distinction because the her lawyer was obviously very salty after Amber Heard lost. And she said, oh, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, we, we the, the case was won in the UK and, you know, but uh, the, the, the jury, the jury here and the lawyer here, they didn't understand it. And uh, the criminal lawyer, Bruce Rivers, go on YouTube and look up his, he's an excellent guy. He described, he's like, you can't compare the two. Like in one situation, he's going against the magazine. And in the other case, he's going against his ex-wife. They're not comparable. You and know you're also saying? in two completely different countries. And two completely different countries too. Yeah, that's accurate too. Um so one thing I want to point out, and I know I'm going all over the place here. One thing I want to point out is that uh, this is probably the thing that went the most viral throughout the, and and, and I, I know you don't know anything about it, but I'm going to ask for your opinion later, like overall and like Amber Heard and all that. But you said earlier, you don't know Camille Vasquez is the name of one of Amber Heard's lawyer. Okay. This woman went viral because she was the one responsible for Amber Heard's uh, cross-examination, I believe you call it, where they just sit there and they ask Amber Heard questions. Mm -hmm. 
And how genius was it that you're you're on you're you know you got this young attractive white girl on trial, and instead of putting like a male lawyer in front of her to like question her, and you know there's obviously a, 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 a women don't want to believe this, but guys have a soft spot for women. Like we don't unless your name is Patrice O'Neill, <laughs> but <laughs> but but rest in peace. But guys have a soft spot for women, so. I think the dynamic would have been a little weird to like, at like try and make this girl look stupid on trial. So they bring another young, attractive girl to cross examine her, except the difference is clearly intelligence. Like Camille Vasquez, she's a, she's a, a beast. Like she's a killer. And during the cross examination, she's like, uh, this is the one of the things that went viral. And, and she did so well during the trial that she was promoted to partner uh, of her, her firm afterwards. She's a social media icon now, the memes and all that. So, you know, she's cross-examining Amber Heard, and she's just like, uh, Amber Heard, uh, so you have not donated any of the $7 million that you pledged you would donate from uh, Johnny Depp with for the divorce settlement. And she was like, uh, Amber Heard was like, I pledge to donate the money. And she's like, no, no, Miss Heard. She's like, uh, she's like, Miss Heard, that's not what I asked, whether you pledged it or not. She's like, have you donated the money? Amber Heard's like, I use the term pledge and um, donate synonymously. She's like, respectfully, Mrs. Heard, I don't use the two terms synonymously. So have you, at this given moment, have you given a single cent to and it was just a master class. You saw like these two young, attractive women. It, it it's like a, a cattiness that came out of the female lawyer. She's like a young Hispanic woman that like no male, no male would have been able to do it as well as her because it's it was like this innate sassiness and this innate disdain that women have for each other that are like when a woman knows another woman's lying and being manipulative, it's like this disdain that she had for Amber Heard, which it came across beautifully and masterfully in the entire trial. And it, it was, it was just beautiful. I can't believe you haven't, <laughs> you haven't seen any of the clips. I'll show them to you later. Um, I'm going to take a break from talking real quick. What is your, you haven't been following it, but from what you do know, what have you heard about the trial? Obviously, it's over, but what did you hear during the six weeks that it was going on? I heard that there was a lot of um, theatrics. When Amber um, Heard's part, yeah. I heard that there was some uh, substance <laughs> use <laughs> during the trial. Allegedly, allegedly. People think that she was doing cocaine in, in the middle of the thing. When she, there was a tissue and it didn't look like she blew her nose. It looked like she was doing coke. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, and, and then, um, See that's 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 basically it. And mind you, I work <laughs> at a law firm, so <laughs> it, those conversations didn't really come up. So. You know, I think I think Amber Heard's critical mistake during this whole trial is when you when you bring up theatrics is I think she should have had this mentality going into the the trial. Uh, Johnny Depp's not perfect. I'm not perfect. We've both done bad things to each other, but I need this. This is where this is where I distinguish social media life 
from real life because we're not on social media life anymore. We're in real life, the court of law. I'm just going to be as honest as possible and sure it's not, I'm not going to look like a perfect person. He's not going to look like a perfect person, but let's just get the story out. And I felt like that was Johnny Depp's mentality going into the trial. I know. Well, first of all, it could only go up from there because once you've been accused of things like that, so what? You look like an alcoholic that falls asleep and vomits and all that. It's like, that's much better. So it can only go up for Johnny Depp. But I feel like that was his mentality going into the thing. And I feel like the public really appreciated it. Whereas with Amber Heard, it just looked like a girl that was trying to cover up lies for an entire six weeks, which she, I'm not going to go in depth with the trial, but which she was genuinely doing. She double talked herself many times like the the lawyer would literally be like oh um mrs heard do you remember blah blah, blah. and she's like no i don't remember that and, and, and camille bass would be like oh well let's remind you let's pull up the evidence Oof. and she would oh this girl is a killer Oof. and amber heard just would be like oh damn she didn't know what to say because she's literally contradicting herself so i think that's where amber heard sort of made the critical mistake is that like I understand she's a very dramatic female and she's, I'll call her a liar, but I think she didn't know when to turn off her theatrics and just be a genuine, sincere person. Like when you accuse this man of this stuff, you got to understand like it's, you're, it's, it's all or nothing. Like he's not taking this as a joke. He doesn't think this is cute anymore. This is still a performance for Amber Heard as is everything in her life. Probably. But this is this man's reputation that, you know, you're talking about. So I felt like, you know, he did his thing and he handled it. Um, I do have a question, though. Uh, Amber Heard's lawyer, upon losing, said this is a big setback for women mm. that want to be heard. What would you, no pun intended, what would, what would you say in response to this is a setback for victims or people that want to be heard? What would you say to that? We have gotten into a bad place in society. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, we want women to be heard um, and to be protected mm-hmm. at all times. But. You have to be careful mm-hmm. of whom you give that grace to and that that ear to. Absolutely. Agree. And what is it that they are feeding you if you are listening? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, a, a common a common theme back when the whole Me Too movement came out, uh, maybe ten years ago, a common thing was like believe all women. And obviously a lot of people um, said, well, no, don't believe all of anybody. Like, don't believe all men. Don't believe all. Believe honest people. Right. And don't believe dishonest people. Um, so that whole, I think, and I like what's going on now because I think that whole narrative, if anything, the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial was probably the biggest publicized trial since OJ uh, for different reasons. <laughs> but um I think now, I think we're catching on to the, okay, look it, there are liars on both sides. The guys lie, women lie, and um, I, I definitely do think, I think, I think this is a big setback for liars, not a big setback for women. I mean, obviously domestic abuse exists and things need to be out there, um, 
but if, if I could say one more thing, and I'm sorry, I know I'm doing a lot of the talking. I know practically this doesn't make sense or logistically this doesn't make sense. But, you know, even going on with like the whole Deshaun Watson trial, I think more of this stuff just needs to be public. Yeah, I think, I, I think trial, put, yeah. put, put, put everything like I like this little game. I mean, we like entertainment as Americans. This is entertainment. We killed two birds with one stone. It's entertaining us and it's getting truth out there. Put all 24 girls in court, live stream it, let everyone. The thing about that, though, is reputations and careers will get destroyed, but it at least allows two people, like it allows both parties to equally destroy each other's careers. Like, I, I, I do. <laughs> That's like, one way to look at it. I know. I think Amber Heard wasn't expecting what was going to happen. I think she got on social media, wrote that article in 2018, and she got all this support and all that. And then when Johnny Depp did this, I don't think Amber Heard was ready. It's like, oh, no, we're but we're putting everything out there, and we're both going to look bad after this. And I, I like that. I, I think the whole Deshaun Watson thing, not that we're going to talk about that, is – why is and by the way, I think that's actually against the law. I think it's the Fifth Amendment states that one, you can't incriminate yourself, and two, you always know that you're not allowed to attack someone like anonymously, if I if I'm not mistaken. So we don't know who the twenty four girls are, but I believe Deshaun Watson should know. I think that's against the law for him not to know who's attacking him. But anyway, so I'm very much, you know, into that whole system of Put everything out there. Live stream it. Let the because there's some things the girls did wrong too. And I believe there's no those twenty four girls aren't angels. And Deshaun Watson's probably you know creepy and you know, all that. But is he a criminal? That's the question. The question isn't whether he's creepy or or sketchy. Or the question is he a criminal? So get everyone on a, the full common forum and let's destroy each other's reputations. You got anything to no, wrap that's it interesting. Up, I mean, to, to, to kind of touch on with the Deshaun Watson thing, mm -hmm. um, his matter had been brought to a grand jury twice, mm -hmm. and they declined. But now it, it becomes more of a civil matter. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. so I don't know if you saw this this week, but uh, there was a a newspaper article that came out. I, I think it was the New York Times. I'm not quite sure. Mm -hmm. That um reported that it was like he had um, a minimum of sixty six different masseuses or something oh, like that yeah. over 17 months and that the Houston a, Texans, the, the, the team that was allegedly the ones who pushed that information out <laughs> were, were involved yeah. in help in in help organizing um, those massage therapy. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it's, it's really, um, it's ironic. No, no, no it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's really out of pocket. But, but with that being said, I think that's the biggest thing about a lot of these cases is I understand like no one in America has patience anymore. Like we all are very reactive to every piece of information we hear. I just think I wish it was more of that. Now we're discovering new information about the Deshaun Watson case that, okay, maybe the Houston Texans were in on it, giving him NDAs in the room and all that. Hey there, family. We hope you are enjoying the meal so far and are glad you made it to this point in the episode. Look at you. In all seriousness, this project is just one brick of what we're building here at the Octavian Collective, and we greatly appreciate you being a part of this journey with us. 
We are envisioning a multimedia partnership that fosters a space for critical, but also creative thinking. We hope that you engage with us and show your support for the different projects we'll be launching over the next couple of months. Stay up to date with us through our Instagram page at TLC Social and check out some of our upcoming content and in-house instrumentals on our YouTube channel, The Octavian Collective. Links will be left in the show notes to help you get there. Thank you again for your support and enjoy the rest of the show. guess maybe coming off of the amber heard topic it kind of makes sense to move into kevin samuels rest in peace to kevin samuels he went out bad um but his name will forever live somewhere on the internet because of the things that you know he talked about um which was uh, well hold on first of all yes rest in peace kevin samuels explain to the people who might not know who he is who Kevin Samuels is. So Kevin Samuels was a guy who had his own internet uh, following. Um, he put out a lot of internet content, did an interview, not, not interviews. Well, he did do yeah, interviews. Yeah, he did, he did interviews, interviews, but what his come up was on was that he um, had conversations with people who were in the dating market or even in relationships, and they were talking with him and asking for his dating advice. Mm-hmm. Essentially, um, what he ended up exploding onto the internet scene, more specifically in the black internet or black Twitter, black Instagram, mm-hmm. what have you. I know that there's some people like, well, why do this, why does there have to be the difference between the black and blah, 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 blah. It just is what it is. A lot of, a lot of funny memes and, and funny jokes have come from my community. I'm sorry. Dr. Umar Johnson. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Continue, continue. <laughs> but um, Kevin Samuels um, uh, came up during the pandemic, the early days of the pandemic, um, with his content, uh, basically just holding people accountable for them being mediocre in terms of <laughs> their career aspirations, the way that they go about managing money, the way that they've gone about decision making, having children with people they shouldn't be having children with, having children out of wedlock, having children when they have when they didn't have the money to have those kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, over time, it, be, it went from him holding men accountable for their mediocrity to also holding women accountable for those things in un- the way that the internet is. That's where it gets controversial. Exactly. You start talking about women and their flaws. <laughs> Especially black women. Because yeah. it's, he, he made content mainly with black people and for black people. Mm-hmm. That being said, he's no longer with us. And people on the internet streets decided to... Um, Have people been attacking him, like, posthumously or what? Yes. Really? Oh, dude, people were dancing on his grave. Really? Before they didn't even put, before he was even put in the ground. Yeah. I don't know if he was cremated or not, but that's not the end of that. You get my point. What, because obviously I have my own critiques of him, as I do everybody. No one's perfect and everything. What has been other people's general critiques? Because I'm pretty sure they're not as elaborate or well thought out as mine, as most of uh, what you find on the internet isn't. But what have people said about him posthumously, which is ter- terrible? Well, 
their main critique of him is that he was essentially bashing black women. Oh, okay. Okay. And fundamentally speaking, I do disagree with that assertion. Of course. I, yeah, I'm not saying I agree, but I, I understand. But um, one of the things that I was disappointed in was that over time, his content was basically going on rants against black women. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I, I saw that as I was uh, doing, like, a little bit of research. So just to give, like, people a background, um, I am a big fan of uh, Patrice O'Neal, who was a stand-up comedian that sort of did stuff like this. He had the Black Phillips show where he talked about dating and all that, and he was just absolutely a virtuoso at breaking down and explaining things. So I have been out of that community for a long time. But as I looked, typed in Kevin Samuel's name into YouTube, all I saw was a whole bunch of videos of him and arguing with black women. <laughs> and when you say that community, are you speaking the manosphere? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's always funny when you talk about topics like this because uh, some people know of it as like red pill, uh, pickup artists, um, manosphere, it, there's a lot of overlap between all of them, uh, you know. We've talked about this before, but um, and yeah, I do believe some of his followers are were probably red pill people, uh, but <laughs> but yeah, his, his content definitely probably did shift towards uh, just arguing with with women, black women particularly, because that's what's entertaining, you know. Um, entertaining. Hmm. That's a. Uh... Would you say that it is entertaining or would you say <laughs> that it's the thing that elicit the most emotion? I mean, I mean, both. And, 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 you know, like that was sort of my critique on um, sort of his style. And, and I'm so glad I had you to give me some context on like, you're like, oh, no. Well, before he went viral and got super, super famous, he was a little bit different. But from my understanding it seemed like from a small part of him that I saw, I was like, well, this guy is just like clout chasing. He just, his only intentions is to like sit here and argue with women. And let me be very clear. Winning an argument against a, 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 a woman about why she's failed in dating, that's not a hard task. That's straw man. And I think I do a really good job in my books of steel man. And I'm arguing against myself philosophically mm. so i'm arguing against a smart guy that's like i'm sort of rebuttaling against myself and i have to prove myself wrong and all the theories that i create he's arguing against um single women like there's a reason these women are 35 and single it's probably because they're not the most reasonable so i just didn't find anything impressive about his content and obviously it was a little bit of my bias i'm a self-serving like everyone else is um yeah but you know it, it, it it's 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 Let's be very let's be very real, and I'll put it back on you. Let's say he has. I think I looked up. He has 1.4 million subscribers on YouTube. I I think that's what I remember seeing earlier today. What percentage of those people are actually there to what 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 percentage of those people? I don't I don't want to say that because not everyone's like me. I was gonna say pulls out a pe a notebook and starts taking notes when he writes it down. How many people do you think is there <laughs> entertainment like? 50-50, it's 50% entertainment, 50% people that actually want to, like, learn how to get better and... Less than that. <laughs> because they're, they're... 
even for entertainment, I don't even think. I, I would say 80-20. 80-20? Okay. I would say 80-20. Okay. Uh, of, um, if you want to think of a split of people who actually learn things. Yeah. Or people who were there just for the lols. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, y- you know, I don't have uh, anything uh, uh, against Kevin Samuels. Um, here was my, you know. Here's what we sort of talked about when we talked about him before, uh, not on the podcast, but in our, our little private conversations. Um, when you talk about something as like heavily loaded as, you know, relationship dynamics between females and males and, you know, male insufficiencies and female insufficiencies and how to operate in the world with marriage and all that. I think you got to be very careful of making certain generalizations because regardless of whether we like it or not, we're humans. We all have our own, you know, biases. And there's a certain group of people out there that they deeply have an opinion that's wrong. And they're just waiting for someone to give information that supports that wrong opinion. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they'll think it's right. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. So with with statements as controversial or with topics as controversial as this, I think people like him need to be more careful. It's like, it's like he, he says, uh, and this is where you can probably jump in because you know more of his content than me. It says, oh, okay, like most women are average or a- average this, average that. It's like, well, listen, I know a lot about statistics. We could start talking about the word average and all that really quickly right now. Why is it wrong to be, to? and he, he'll probably agree with this, why and he probably ranted and said most women you know want men that are too much better than them was one of his things saying that okay women need to like lower their expectations and their an average woman needs to end up with an average guy is that sort of what what he was trying to say yes but Mm -hmm. he also said he also encouraged for guys to get their act together to step their game up yeah to make themselves more more valuable yeah um and it's not necessarily in contra- in contrarian fashion mm-hmm. toward women. It's just saying, like, no. Mm-hmm. Women's expectations need to be more realistic and guys need to need to do more work in order to make sure that they are the the men that women want them to be. Can I can I make a can I make a rebuttal real quick? Absolutely. I would ask Kevin Samuels why. Why, why do, why is it not okay for me to just sit down and be a loser? And because, because, because here's the, here's the reality of the, the, here's the reality of the situation is that there are guys out there that are alpha males that you consider alpha males. They have millions of dollars. They can have sex with whatever woman they want. And those, some of those guys are less happier than guys that are 200 pounds, 250 pounds, living in their mom's basement, playing World of Warcraft every single day. So I would add, like, that's the only thing I didn't get from Kevin Samuels is I want him to extend upon, he's he's laying out these things, but uh, again, I understand where he's coming from because I'm a highly motivated guy. You don't ever have to sell me self-help. I will look for all the answers or whatever, but my thing is that not everyone is like me. So you just telling a random person, 
you need to be, you get, get your act together, you know, alpha up, you know, become a more desirable man, this, 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 this. It's like, why? Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. So it was his audience. He He's only going based on the, the people who come to him. Fair enough. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. And, and want to be a part of his audience. So mm-hmm. they are coming specifically for that type of content, for mm-hmm. that type of reaction. So he yeah. was just responding to what they came for. No, no, I, I definitely I definitely agree. I get where you're, where you're coming from. Um, I'll compare him to like one of my favorite uh, people in the world. I mean, I know you're not a big fan of him, Jordan Peterson. And obviously you're like, ah, you kind of can't compare it to one's like a Harvard professor, academic or whatever. And Kevin Samuels, intelligent guy, but I wouldn't really compare the two intelligences. I think Jordan Peterson was always able to break down stuff on a on a philosophical level. He was like, okay, you have good and bad. It's like, why be? He's. It's like, because it, it, it's not so, Jordan Peterson would say, it's not so immediately obvious why you should be good because being bad in the short term it ends up getting you more happiness in the short term, but then he would break it down philosophically. He's like, well, it's not only about your own life and doing good. It's about what's the best for the society and what's the best for your family. And he's, he's like, and you have multiple different beings. You have who you are now, but then you also have who you're going to be in a year and don't do anything that will make you feel good now. That's going to hurt the person that you're going to be in here. So he had this very magical, methodical way of breaking it down to where his things were irrefutable. It, it was, it was just, it was artistry. And I guess I just don't get that same artistry from Kevin Samuels. I think I get like an angry, mean, like uncle, like mm. talking to talking like down on, you not, not, and I'm not even talking down on girt women. I feel like there's a certain level of contempt talking down on guys. Like, even when you said, oh, if you're a single man, you're only working 40 hours a week, you need to be getting it more. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, I guess you're right, Kevin Samuels, but it's like, you know, so I don't know. I want you, I kind of want your opinion on it. I know I'm going a little crazy. I'm probably being a little too emotional. No, no, no. Viscerally no. what I got out of listening to Kevin Samuels. I think he's a good guy and all that, but... I could definitely see why someone could he he could open his mouth, someone could hear him talk, and they'd say, "Yeah, I don't like you." So, yeah, I mean, in terms of Kevin Samuels, his why, outside of the fact that these people are coming to ask for his advice, mm-hmm. we now live in a world, and maybe maybe this is me kind of pulling more than what is actually out there about him mm-hmm. or that he gave. We live in a world where you, if you aren't making a certain amount of money, you have to plan. Mm-hmm. You have to be prepared for to to get in a relationship because relationships have certain trajectories. Yeah, either they end mm-hmm. or they continue, and when they continue, depending on the type of relationship you're in, offspring can come. Yeah, if you aren't prepared for that, you have more issues. Though mm-hmm. that's just re- that's statistical reality in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it 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 it's true. So I yeah, I guess when you you put it like that, I guess he was just trying to uh, help people. I, I guess the way he went about it, we sort of disagree in our ideology. But again, like I said, I'm I'm never I'm not him. 
I'm never going to 100% agree with someone. But, yeah, no, I guess. By the way, how did he die? Do you know? Heart attack. How old was he? In his 50s, I think. Did he have, like, a history, a family history of it or what? I mean, he's a black man. That don't mean you need to have a heart attack. I, I mean, we have high blood pressure in general. It wasn't like high cholesterol was and stuff obese like that. or anything like that. You don't have to be. Do you think he was like super stressed out? I I don't know. I I don't. I mean, he he passed away with a young lady with him, so I wouldn't consider that to be uh, stressed out. I think his um some of his stresses probably were relieved. No, no, you you know I but I think that's a, and not to not to get off uh, track or or wrap it up. Um, I do believe that is a real phenomenon that if you married men end up having a longer lifespan than single bachelor type of men. That is, I do even though even though the the axiomatic you know the common euphemism is that being married men are stressed out dealing with like a wife and all that. I do believe statistically the support goes to show that married men outlive uh single men. I mean, that's the only way that we would want to get into the into a relationship. What do you mean? It's the thing that makes the most sense for us because guys when they get into a relationship, they get they once they find a certain uh cruising speed, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. They're good. They can mm-hmm. They can keep it pushing. They they we look for a certain level of comfort within our relationships, mm-hmm. and then we try to maintain it and keep it there. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to like we were we were we were talking earlier, um, and I want to make this analogy before uh, we wrap up uh, talking about this. Is uh, the reason why? And I kind of alluded to this earlier. I believe when you're talking about topics like this, it's very important that someone gives you the actual, you know, face value, empirical information and all that. But then they also give you a good foundation to stand on. So uh, like an example would be like your mom always says treat women, treat all women with respect. And then that's a very elementary form of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, your mom will probably say, treat nice women with respect and ignore B-I-T-C. Yeah. I'm not going to use the word. You're a professional podcast. but And that's a more evolved form of it. So, uh, 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 And now you have a foundation. The foundation is that, okay, not all women are nice women. Uh, still treat your mom. Technically, didn't lie to you when the first statement. She just didn't tell you the complete story. She mm-hmm. said treat all in respect. But oh wait, hold on. Now you know there's some women out there that don't need. There's. I I feel like the problem with Kevin Samuels is that he sort of does what your mom did when you were five. He gives these huge blanket statements mm. that work. And and they're they're true. They're right. They're just right enough to where they can't really be criticized that much. But when you get deeper into the thing, because he, here's the thing, and, and let me, let me give you an example. 
he says he 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 I watched the video. He was like, okay, six men all uh, six things all men. He's like, six men need to be uh, making like money. He's like, you gotta have a good social su- support group, or he's like, you you you, you gotta be net. You gotta be able to network. You gotta have a. And I'm like, well, technically, all of those are correct, but he doesn't disregard all the times those laws are broken. Like there are guys out there that don't have friends and there's a girl, out, there's a girl out there that likes a guy that like there, there's, there's, there's a couple out there that they're each other's best friends mm-hmm. that they spend all their time with each other. And every other person would look at that relationship and be like, that's pretty sad that your best friend is like, you guys don't have any other friends outside of your relationship. It's just everything to you. You guys don't have any hobbies except spending all your time with each other. Some people would look at that as like terrible, but other people would like that. There are plenty so, of people who are like, that's what I wanted. Exactly. So it's not that I think Kevin Samuels is wrong. I just think Kevin Samuels is your mom talking to you about girls when you're five and he gives you these very general broad principles that can't actually be proven. But once you elevate to a certain level, you start to see that some of his principles that sounded really good when you first clicked that YouTube video, you know, when you knew nothing and you're like, I guess a complete beta male and you're just learning about the stuff for the first time, it sounded really good coming from his mouth when you were only 10 minutes in. But once you get more older and experienced, you're just like, "Mm, I don't really Agree with that completely. I mean, well, you start learning where the applicability comes in. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same thing with treat women with, with respect. Yeah. Yeah, we learn where that is that that is applicable at at base at the basis level. Give them uh, um respect. What that respect may look like, <laughs> and how much of it are you willing to tolerate in order to make sure that you're ensuring that respect is given. Yeah. You know, if if you learn which situations. Mm-hmm. Do you apply a certain level of respect in yeah. which situations you don't? Yeah. And you learn who, whom to give your time and energy to, whom not to give your time and energy to. That doesn't take away from the fact that you still got to treat them with, with respect. It just looks different. And it applies different. Yeah, that's real. Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Do you think there will be a new, I'd say, the? do you think there's going to be uh, this whole uh what 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 do you call it dating coach guru thing do you think there's still a space an atmosphere for it or do you think it's gonna be dead soon like i think help thing men so men do need help men there's still a need for men need help but do you think there's ever gonna be like another kevin samuels I don't think there will be another Kevin Samuels per mm-hmm. se, but I do believe because there are plenty of other outlets that 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 do the same thing that he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Crew Season is one. Oh yeah. Uh, there's Fresh and Fit. Yeah. I mean, they're whatever they are. Yeah. But there are different um brands and podcasts and other things that do the same thing that Kevin Samuels does. They just weren't Kevin Samuels. <laughs> and not only that, and I say that in the sense that he. Over time, his brand was bashing women. <laughs> it was imme- it was immediately raising his voice. He became Stephen A. Smith of relationships. <laughs> and here, people think I'm a massage. Let's be on record. People think I'm a misogynist, but here I am 
standing up for women saying that Kevin Samuels is out of line. Okay? <laughs> so I'm going to end it there. Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Okay. <laughs>
Um, but uh, once again, uh, happy Pride Month. Uh, so, a couple months ago, we were going to do a podcast on the Leah Thomas NCAA swimmer controversy, but we've been slacking, so we are going to do it today. Okay, so I'm actually going to read a post I made on Facebook, and then I'll dive deeper into this. Post I made on Facebook a couple months ago in March. I've been going back and forth reading both sides of the trans NCAA swimmer controversy. And I have a few questions because I've never had a menstrual cycle in my life. There was parentheses around that last sentence. So a common argument in support of the Leah Thomas controversy is that there exists biological differences between males to males and females to females in sports. So there will always be differences regardless even though that is somewhat a valid point, an experiment looking for statistical significance would probably nullify that argument pretty quickly. Nonetheless, I understand the point that's trying to be made. First, I want to say, less people should be mad at the swimmer. She followed proper protocol to compete. People should be mad at the NCAA. Secondly, and my main question is, being that blood doping gives individuals such an extreme advantage in endurance-based sports and is banned is a, is a banned practice by almost every single major sports organization in the world, how would an individual justify the fact that Leah Thomas doesn't have to deal with the conventional menstrual cycle slash female triad that biological women have to deal with on a regular basis that has been shown to be deleterious to competitive sports? Again, not trying to be controversial, would just like some input or opinion. Last thing I will say that is probably controversial still is that just because someone decides to transition at a later age doesn't disqualify all the practice they had pre-transition as the dominant sex for which the weaker sex could not account for. A common reason elevated testosterone is banned is not that not for the performance benefits, but also for the recovery benefits. Being able to recover faster than your competition over the course of 18 years has a compound effect on return of investment of practice efficiency. Okay. The TLDR version. I want you to, because I just said a lot, and I happily and easily break down every single sentence I just said, but I just want your uh, natural reaction off of what I just read to you, the essay (laughs) that I read to you. If you have a reaction. That there's a difference. You know what? I mean, there's a there's a difference. And and I mean I think so we're talking about a controversy because of the conversation around it. Yes. Yes. I think the conversation is always gonna be unhealthy if people don't understand that hey, there is a difference. That's not that's and that's not for me to take away from anyone's victory or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it's just acknowledge that there's a, let's be adults about this. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. Now I will tie this into something that we've talked about before that you probably have much more of an insight. You'll probably like this conversation a little better. I said years ago, back when the whole gender pay gap controversy was going on. And, uh, and I'm not going to talk too much about that, but I'm bringing that up to make a specific point. I said, well, men 
are more suited for a capitalist society, essentially a society where competition is the main thing. Like we, we, we compete and morphologically, if you, there's two different types of jobs, white collar and blue collar. And if you consider that one half of that equation is doing dirty work, morphologically we're suited better to do dirty work. Like we're stronger, we're bigger. You know, we have, I don't want to get too scientific, hemoglobin concentrations that make better men better carrying oxygen through the blood. I can get physiological, but it's like, so considering that let's say men and women have equal IQs that would make, which they do, they do from my understanding, they do have equal IQs on average, white collar jobs, they, they even out. But there is no denying that men have an advantage when it comes to blue-collar jobs. So in what world should we... It's, so, 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 and I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of passionate about this. You already knew I would, so <laughs> you're not even angry at me. Nope. So and we're now just admitting, these female swimmers that lost to Leah Thomas, we're now just admitting, years later, decades later, some would say, that there's a difference between men and women. And I love this whole controversy or situation that went down because similar to like the Amber Heard being stuck between a rock and a hard place, you can't have both now. Now you must admit that one is wrong. It's either men and fe- women and men, there is no difference between them and everything is equal and fair and blah, blah, blah. Or, or, or the female swimmers that are complaining about Leah Thomas winning, what are you complaining about? I thought men and women were equal. I thought we were completely identical. Everything null and void. So again, this is a very controversial topic that we will tread lightly around, but I would like your sort of opinion on that. That was treading lightly for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. You know me. You know me. (laughs) You know me. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. but but. Well, so I was just reading an article about the Leo Thomas um, debate. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they brought up was that she uh, started uh, gender home hormone uh, mm-hmm. therapy back in 2019. Yeah. After coming out to her family in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then changed her name on New Year's Day in 2020. And, 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 I have, and let me be very clear, if, if, if I have no problem with Leah Thomas, I mean, extraordinary athlete, I, and people get mad because they say, oh, well, you went to like being the 490th ranked male swimmer to be in the number one ranked female. So it's like, look, at 490th is still nice. In the, like, this is a good athlete. Like, homegirl's still nice. Like, I, I, athletically, I respect now, do I think it's a little, like, in terms of, like, her integrity, I feel like your integrity could be a little better. But then again, you can say it about everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can could, you could say it about me. Like, any anybody, you can attack their integrity and point out something and be like, uh, you weren't thinking about the common good. You were kind of being selfish when you transition and then and think about the other women that you would outcompete. And it's like, cool. Well, that, that, you know what I'm she saying? considers herself to be a woman. She yeah, look out for yourself, right? She and like mm-hmm. and like you said in 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 your uh, essay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. The NCAA allowed it. Yeah. And they were playing the political game. Yeah. Yep. And people don't want there to be separation in between the the. Well, see, it's not it's not two sexes anymore. Yeah. That's the thing. There now you have to <laughs> with with there being the trans uh, the transgender um athletes mm-hmm. um the community and let's just call it what it is. It's a growing community. It 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 is statistically yeah it, yeah of course of the course, LGBT of course. community mm-hmm. the transgender community pick pick different subgroups within the community yeah, yeah. they're growing mm-hmm. their numbers are growing so it is something and because of the amount of awareness that have been given to LGBT um, rights and their community mm-hmm. we are more aware of it now and so we have to be more accommodating of it yeah well with that being the case you kind you you start to mess with the I won't say that there was a balance at one point, but at least there there was a separation to allow women to compete in a certain aspect, men mm-hmm. to compete in a certain aspect. But now we have that there's a, 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 a these things are merging in different ways. They're overlapping. Yeah. With these sides overlapping, you we have to figure out an accommodation for it that is that is considered to be equitable. For all parties involved, I don't see it becoming much of an issue if there's a woman who's transitioning uh, um, and wants to compete in men's sport. <laughs> Good luck. Un- unless she's taking artificial um, testosterone boosters that they're allowing her to use in order for her to be able to compete. Yeah. Or I mean, him, he, him, the you know the transgendered him. Yeah. Um, to compete with other men. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of that, I don't see that becoming an issue. But we're we're definitely seeing the issue where transgendered women are are they're dominating, yeah, over biological women, yeah. And it's a it's a difficult topic to touch on as two uh, uh, heteronormative men. And, and 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 let me be so so even um Caitlyn Jenner came out and said I don't really think this is fair and could you believe people are crazy enough to say Caitlyn Jenner's has no valid opinion in this matter and I was like if she has no valid opinion in this matter I don't know who, who is qualified to have. To be very clear, at one time, Caitlin Bruce Jenner was known as a, a Olympic gold medalist in the, the 1976 Olympics for winning the decathlon. Explain what the decathlon is for people it to understand what that means. Ten different sporting events put into one. You have to be a complete super. You pretty much have to be not human. You have to be good at running. You have to be strong. And not only do you, listen, I watched a documentary. Not only do, do you know how fast Bruce Caitlyn Jenner ran? Well, I, I don't know what the correct term to use is because technically it was Bruce Jenner. But Kate, I'll say Caitlyn Jenner now. Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. Bruce then, Caitlyn now. Caitlyn Jenner ran the 400 meters in like four, no, sorry, sorry. In 47 seconds, and then she ran a mile in like four and a half minutes or something. Like, these are crazy numbers. An amazing athlete. So, I respect her opinion when she says objectively, I get it. I transitioned too. 
I'm all about that life. You, I'm not questioning your life decisions. I support you wholeheartedly. It's just this is where I draw the line. You sh- can't be competing against. You know what I'm saying? You just can't. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I think we're at a weird place. Usually I'm a very solution-oriented person. I'm glad you brought up so, the whole concept of solution-oriented. I don't know where we should go with this, but I will say I do think men and women should complete compete separately. It's not up to men and women to compete. Listen, and, and again, I'm sorry I'm taking it, but I'm, I'll end it in a little bit. It's not up for Leah Thomas to have the moral integrity to ban herself from a race that the NCAA allows her to compete with. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it, 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 that's a moot point. It's up for the NCAA to find the science to say this is not fair, then not sanction it. But also, on account of that, there should be a third league or whatever you want to call it, where it, it doesn't have to be a transgender type of uh, a competition thing, but it's like, okay, if you are using any type of supplements or st- not steroids, but using, we can come up with a, a, a happy middle ground. You know, there will not be a happy middle ground because some people would say that it's discriminatory. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I mean, but ultimately. Again, you and I are heteronormative males. Mm-hmm. There's not much that we can say mm-hmm. that that helps push the conversation forward, because because now it, it's a conversation for women to have. Do you have any? Do you have a soft spot in your heart for? Let, let me try. Let me try and um bring the scene. You you've been swimming for most of your life, and you. Got a NCAA scholarship. You're just female from blah, blah, blah. You come from a lower class family. You got an NCAA scholarship to swim, and you get washed <laughs> by someone that used to be a man a couple years ago. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just being funny. But I tend to think I have no sympathy for the girls that lost to Leah Thomas. And again, this is my bias because I've had so much of society pushing through. Again, this is completely my bias. I'm not saying this is a healthy way for me to think, but this is what I think. I've had so much of society pushing into me the whole women empowerment, blah, 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 blah. So I kind of like this as like an overcorrection, even though it's not a good thing, but that's just my innate feelings do you have any type of soft spot feelings for these girls that lost to leah thomas or you, you can be honest i don't think anyone's gonna like be angry at you or anything like that and I, i'm going to say yes okay because they weren't a part of the decision making for leah to to participate okay yeah. i think that's the only spot where i i i have to side i i have to have a soft spot for them Okay. It's because they weren't a part of that decision making. Yeah. yeah. That's that's it. Um now when we talk about in general, no. <laughs> in general, no. Reason being is because 
and this may get me into some into some trouble. Uh oh, uh oh. This, this will probably definitely get me into some I feel trouble. Like I'm already in trouble. But there <laughs> is a there there is a line that men are willing to draw. What do you mean? Heteronormative, cisgendered males. However, uh-huh. people w- want to categorize it. There's gatekeeping. What do you mean? Explain yourself. I'm actually kind of confused. Sorry. All right. So I don't want to. I, I I don't want to confuse it. Confuse myself from sound for sounding like a turf. Yeah. Um. Because I, I again I always want people to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 secured. However, I think when you start, we, in our community, we say all the time, stay in the pocket, know your role, stay in your yeah, role, yeah, stay in your course, lane, the whole nine yards. Well, this is a situation where people are sitting here trying to tell you that your lane isn't what it is. Yeah, yeah. And that their lane is indeed your lane. Yeah. Yeah. If, getting in a boxing ring, watching a man box a woman. Oh, no. I don't. Uh, yeah, you don't. That's not. We we know yeah. that there's a difference. That's not something that we want to see. Yeah. There, but we still want women to compete. We still want them to of course, of to, course. to 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 have an opportunity, especially the ones who are more athletically uh, superior than others. If they want to showcase it, give them that opportunity to do that. Yeah. But we're noticing that certain playing fields are not leveled. Yeah. But again, this is not something that we as yeah we can't as yeah. men. We, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't really affect us because I've never heard of a single situation where a woman have come uh, has uh, come has and tra- washed all the yeah. exactly yeah. has transitioned into a, a male and, and was doing that. No, but you see the you see, you definitely see it on the other end. So that's a conversation for women to have with transgendered women, and for them to be in a position to come to an agreement on how they would like to proceed forward, and those decisions for those decisions to be made. And unfortunately, the biggest issue that we have is we have mainly men making decisions on these things that women should be talking about with each other. They have to draw the line that they that they feel needs to be drawn in order for them to have a level playing field. And until that happens, I mean, you're going to you, we're going to continue to have these things pop up because of decisions being made by by the people who are not competing in those arenas no interesting viewpoint i know i appreciate it thank you hey well if you're listening uh women you heard them give us your opinions give us your response and your thoughts on uh the leah thomas situation all right thank you Ladies and gentlemen, that was our podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone that took a listen and is currently supporting what we are doing here. It really means the world to us. Once again, you can find us on Instagram at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. And also you can follow us on Twitter at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. Godspeed.